conversation. I'm like, is Instagram the new Facebook? Because I don't want to ever be on TikTok. Like, am I, I'm Uh, at that age where I don't want to be on new apps. Like I'm so old. TikTok is so good. This morning I went from tearing up and like almost crying to laughing hysterically in a one minute span. It was awesome. This is why we're never satisfied. No, this is why the youth has mental disorders, okay? Because Multiple you're going personality like, disorder. Oh all of these swings. <laughs> I'm just saying it was like I watched I watched the uh, video from like uh, the first Pokemon movie when Ash dies, and I was like, oh my god, that like hit me from my childhood. And then there was like some random clip that was just hilarious, and I was like, that's why I get so easily addicted to this because like. I don't get emotions like throughout the day. So when it's just like, bam, <laughs> yes, 30 second do, clip, bro. bam, minute, emotions. it's great. You just don't know how to name them. I mean, like, yeah, well, like fed to me that way where it's just like, here's a dopamine hit. Here's a dopamine hit. Here's I'm like, oh, feed me more of this. But so. that's why you go into a dark hole because you're anyway, addicted yeah, follow to me at Ed Oroy Hills. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's good start. Better dopamine than crack. So, same thing. All right. <laughs> we'll start. No crack never hurt nobody. <laughs> Anyways, let's get this podcast started. <laughs> found, found the intro. Oh. back to the health unfiltered podcast i know that ro just gave us a little good nugget of laughter in the intro there so we hope that (laughs) you're having a good week and um able to enjoy our humor even though it may be dark and twisty sometimes um like i don't even know what i'm putting yet but i hope it's funny yes too. you do we were just laughing that's exactly what you want put yeah, you know, like laughing and it's all good what's up what are y'all doing how's it going good yeah it's good it's hot. it's hot doing good i hate it nice uh, it feels yeah. good here not living in the desert yeah it's it's felt better here this week in tennessee we did have good long humidity week last week but it's it's kind of gotten better but just what do you guys get tornadoes um row like, do you not remember? Not normally, oh, do you not right? remember last year when my house was almost ripped from yeah, the, yeah, the ground? Yeah, I was yeah. hiding in my bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> like, we just forget my trauma so yeah, easily. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Rose was like laughing, like, ooh, forgot uh, that trauma. Yeah. And that East Nashville was literally said, Ro, just, just was destroyed. Like, oh, fuck. That's right. Yeah. Oops. Well, cool. Good times. Well, I would think. <laughs> Was that a freak because, thing though? Yes, like they, I would. It's weird because I never <laughs> watched the news, but I was watching the news before because they were saying a tornado was supposed to come through Kentucky that night, which is about an hour and a half from us. And one of my employees lived in Kentucky, so I was like trying to check in on her and see if it was going to be all good. Um, and then I went to bed that night. I just woke up to so much sound and I'm like, what's happening? And I don't wake up, you know, I sleep like an angel. And I just, I I remember thinking like, "Mm, maybe I should like get up and check this out and like actually get like take cover. And yeah, so then I went and sat in my shower and when I thought it was over, I just went back to bed. I didn't even like check outside to see what happened. 
<laughs> because like Crazy. we didn't like no one said we would be getting a tornado like i just thought it was a really bad storm and then i woke up the next day it's like 50 missed calls everyone thought i was hanging from a tree and you know <laughs> <laughs> jesus the first text message well, you know, i got Tennessee from my mom though was um are your trees okay and i'm like are my trees okay what do you mean like don't you <laughs> want to know if limbs, i'm mom? okay <laughs> You said, yeah, I'm stuck in one. Come get exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> Classic Nancy. Classic. Wow. Well, uh, I'm glad you made it out. <laughs> I was like, that's uh, awkward. Literally, he's like, so anyways, moving on from your traumatic experience. <laughs> literally like in a And we're all better twister. for it. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. <laughs> anyways, what are we drinking? Are we drinking? Anyway, yeah. Let's continue. I'm just drinking water because I got a lot of shit to do today. And I drank last night. Mm. I was social last night. I met my social alcohol quota for the week. Seabrook, this is you adding to the we're old bucket. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I drank last night. That counts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I had a shot like last week. I had two baby ciders. They were delicious. Amazing. I'm proud of you, Brooke, for knowing that. I feel like I got ripped off, though. Oh. But they were like weird little cups. Like they gave everyone else 16 ounce cups and I got a little 12 ouncer. And I was like, I mean, I can have a big girl cup. I'm not that old. Uh, <laughs> now, we're, like, now we're babies again. You're falling again. asleep at the bar. So <laughs> you get a 12 year old sippy cup. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, well, please, Nicole, are you drinking anything? I am drinking just for you. Oh, thank God. Okay. Okay. Because I'm drinking a, a strawberry, strawberry banana protein smoothie shake um only because wow. i was so hungry i'm done what i was getting this stuff ready no. i thought he was <laughs> no, like are you quick. drinking because i don't want to be drinking alone no, no. and now i'm drinking alone no 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 i said are you drinking because if you said no then i would have gone and gotten one of those other um ranch waters that i have <clears throat> but what if, what if i finish this then i'll go mm-hmm. but yeah this mm-hmm. thing just uh yeah, you know, I just, I gotta be, you know, I gotta be here. Whatever, for this. I'm keeping the brand I wanna, alive. I don't wanna add, I don't wanna add to my <laughs> fatigue right now, you know, cause I'm already kind of beat up. So I am not having alcohol for, for right now. So yes, thank you for keeping the brand alive. But what are you drinking? Well, I am doing a good balance hashtag health right now. Okay. I got some <laughs> orange defense with turmeric and probiotics orange juice. And some champagne. I'm going to see if this works. It's kind of a weird bottle. Oh, it doesn't pop. I was really hoping it popped. It's like a twist off. That's lame. You said you were going to see if this... Oh, okay. Uh, Oh, you're doing a little mimosa. Mimosa it is, y'all. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. What if I dumped this all on my laptop like Bro did? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like a little single serve bottle. Just... I came prepared. so cute. I came prepared. So... Cheers did, to where did me. You get that little single serve bottle. <laughs> well, <laughs> fine. While you guys are answering the question of the week, I'll go get it. Oh my Damn God. it. Peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm getting vitamin C in. It's all good. Nice. <laughs> good for you. Cool. Well, let's just get going. We got a question of the week that says Sometimes I have a heavier lunch at a later time like 3 or 4 p.m., so I'm not starving for dinner, but will feel a little hungry. Would you suggest still eating a meal or something like a smaller snack? Ooh, this is a good one. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of different avenues, too, because 
you know, it's hard without like a whole, fi- whole picture of a context. The first cue, I was like heavier lunch, like, okay, well, I would just make sure during the day, earlier in the day, you've got some good balance mm-hmm. just to help support you throughout the day. So just maybe examine that piece. But it's totally cool to not be tied to the clock, in my opinion. Yeah. I think we have this like weird, like, I have to eat lunch at noon. But maybe that's not the middle of your day or what your hunger cues and like your vibe with how you plan meals and snacks works. So I wouldn't worry too much about that stuff. And, you know, my instinct is, of course, like, I would definitely honor your hunger and have a snack and it's okay to have something later. I just generally recommend that you cut off food three to four hours before bedtime if you can, just to let your body Mm -hmm. actually rest and digest before you lay down to sleep. But you can absolutely make your own rules when it comes to meal timing, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely agree with not being tied to the clock because even myself, like I'll catch myself feeling that sometimes. Like today I had lunch around 1130 and like a.m. And for me, that feels early. But I was just like, hey, this is when you're hungry and this is like what makes the most sense to eat lunch right now. And then you'll be able to continue to eat snacks and until you get to dinner later. And it doesn't have to be a certain time. So absolutely agree to just like continuously like be able to check in with your hunger cues and see what your body is communicating to you and as long as you are reaching that satisfied hunger level and you're not feeling overstuffed or you're not feeling super ravenous and you're staying within like that middle zone that's really what we're aiming for to just continue to be consistent with throughout the day and then all the days to follow so you don't have to be tied to the clock because Every day is going to be different and I think it's um, empowering and like freeing to know that you don't have to eat at a certain time every single day because when shit gets Mm -hmm. crazy, that's just going to stress you out more. So definitely be prepared and um, continuously like feed yourself throughout the day, but it doesn't have to be at a certain time and meals and snacks can look however they need to for whatever's going on. Yeah. Like a little champagne bottle. <laughs> yes, my single serve <laughs> champagne. There we go. But oh, today no. we're going to be WD-4. talking all about fatigue within. Well, I don't know what's going on, Ro. <laughs> I said I need WD forty. My my chair's super. Spooky <laughs> I was like for your back. <laughs> no. <laughs> But you also, could use that. Yeah. yeah, but also, if that was a thing, I would use it every goddamn day. <laughs> so. Anyways, this is not about using WD-40 on your back. We are talking about <laughs> fatigue within the context Kinda. of exercise. So our exercise master, Ro, will be leading Stop. the conversation about this one and filling us in with all of his knowledge. But we're going to be talking about what does it actually mean to be fatigued? How can I tell if I'm being fatigued? And how can I adjust my training or things outside of my life so I'm not continuously like beating myself up? And yeah, that's just kind of like the broad spectrum of what we're going to be going over today. So I'm excited to hear from Ro and just get hit with some new knowledge. Knowledge bombs. <laughs> yes. Yes. His little dissertation here. That's that's what the podcasts are. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> They're like, oh, you always write so much. Like, all right. <laughs> He's just so smart. I try to keep my uh, my thoughts. I try to keep my thoughts aligned. That's the only. This thing. is how we know you're a PhD, and we're definitely not. Because mm-hmm. mm, I write two extra words. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We decided to cross the finish line, not extend it. 
<laughs> Lucky you guys. Well, I think everyone knows that there's a ton of benefits to exercise. And we also know that it is possible to overdo it. So normally that comes like in the context of fatigue. So let's just start with what is fatigue? Yeah. So I think that um, right off the bat, everyone kind of knows what fatigue is, right? We all definitely have that feeling. Uh, And if if you've been working out for uh, an extended amount of time, then you know that there are some weeks where you just are like are absolutely crushing it and other weeks where you're like, this sucks so much. Like, I don't know why I feel so much weaker. Everything hurts. I'm not enjoying this. Um, and a lot of times we can attribute that to fatigue. Um, and especially because like it's, it's very hard for us to kind of uh, realize that life is not just a bunch of boxes put together. Uh, it's just this free-flowing thing. So if you are really stressed out at work and you're fighting with your husband and you haven't eaten really well lately and then you go to the gym expecting to be like oh this is going to solve all my problems it's my me time and then the whole training session is kind of shit you know that, that that all plays a role um or it's all it's all like uh connected so fatigue uh, is really really complex when you look at it from that standpoint of like everything's related to everything else. Um, When it comes to fatigue in the context of exercise, there's like two camps. So you have the central fatigue and peripheral fatigue uh, and peripheral, peripheral, Jesus, or like limb fatigue, uh, local fatigue is, is something that maybe makes more sense because as you do more bicep curls, right? You're like, oh man, I can do less because my arms are tired. Like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, I'm not able to squat as much as I want to this week because my legs are kind of gassed from last week. Yeah, that makes sense to us. Uh, Central fatigue maybe isn't uh, as clear, but it's it's a little bit more inherent because you're like, I am bogged down with a lot of stuff right now and I am fatigued and maybe that's why my training session sucks. Um, and and so all that is is really connected, but it's also hotly debated in uh, in my area of, you know, exercise of which one is more important, which one is actually holding you back, which one's causing the fatigue. Is it that, you know, your brain and your spine aren't able to fire as well, and so your muscles aren't doing it, or is it just because the muscles themselves are sore or something? So as we exercise, certain things occur. We know that we have decreases in glycogen because you need to use the sugar stored in your in your muscles to to continue to do work um phosphocreatine and atp are used up uh and so when this happens those levels all decrease and then we have an increase in inorganic phosphates because that atp is breaking and an increase in hydrogen ions and all of that stuff right all those fluctuations um, may lead to muscle fatigue and a reduction of the actual muscle function And I think it makes sense because if you uh, have less oil in your car and less gas in your car, right, then it's like, oh, it's not going to function as as well, even though the car itself structurally is 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 built uh, to to keep going, whatever. Um, Also, when you train, you do cause muscle damage, which is why we, we put such a focus on recovering the right way. So sleeping, you know, eating because. If you don't, then you're just going to continually break down those muscles. 
And then, you know, you might get injured and stuff like that. But those, those, you know, micro tears, those many, many injuries that we willingly cause to ourselves, um, do decrease structural integrity. And so that may also play a role in fatigue. And it makes sense if I have a beam that has a bunch of little cuts in it, it's not going to be able to support as well if you if you just have a solid beam. Um, and so, you know, something else to think about when it comes to fatigue. More importantly, though, I think, and it's arguable, is the actual neuromuscular junction. So it's like where the muscle uh, is, is kind of like instructed to do work from the neurons. So as we do work, and we do have that accumulation of hydrogen ions and inorganic phosphates, um, that itself might affect the capacity of your central nervous system to recruit those motor neurons. So it's not the muscle that moves you, right? It's the actual neurons connected to the muscles that are connected to the bones uh, that that move you. So if the computer, right, uh, of, of each little uh, car, each little engine we have is not functioning properly, then then the car is not going to move. Our muscles are not going to move as, as efficiently. And so this is stuff that was like way above my pay grade. Even if I knew how to explain it well, it really doesn't matter to 99% of the population. But there are certain uh, afferent signals, um, uh, so the or afferent processes, the uh, the parts of the neurons that are responsible for receiving um, or afferent, efferent. See, I'm always mixing them up. Uh, receiving and sending certain parts that uh, are signals that are affected by either um, the metabolites and some that are more affected by the mechanical tension. And we don't have the answers to that. I definitely don't have the answers to like what causes what, but it, it gives us good insight to know that like, even if you have like a high intensity workout where you're just like crushing it, heart rates up, your lactates up, blah, blah, blah. That still might affect certain muscles or certain neurons more than just having like a slower intensity but higher volume workout because these different processes are affected in different ways. Um, and again, stuff that I don't fully understand, stuff that even the people who study it are, are at a loss for. There's a lot of arguing. Um, but that, in essence, is what fatigue is, at least in the context of, of exercise. Very interesting. So, <laughs> so just mm, very interesting. No, I mean, I feel like you always provide so much infor- like good information, but I'm like, whoa, this is oh, like, it's so, it's always just so amazing to me, like how our bodies actually work. Um, but I don't know if you're gonna like get into this a little bit later, but do they also take into effect like? with fatigue like what's going on in your life like stress and work and relationships or whatever um or is it just based like based on training yeah no i i think uh it again like what i said earlier where it's very hard to to separate each thing's like life into boxes Mm -hmm. because everything plays a role Mm -hmm. so um, we are we're going to get into like different indicators and and whatnot uh towards the end of the podcast but we know that if you are stressed and then you're not sleeping well because of that stress or because of other things, the next day you just generally don't feel good, yeah. right? 
to do like life. But then it's like, oh, okay, well, go and exercise and go and try to push yourself some. That's also going to take away. And sometimes mm-hmm. you can muscle through that, right? You're like, ah, oh, fuck it. Like today's a day. I have a plan. I'm going to do it. Fine. But then that takes away from tomorrow, right? So you're always kind of like borrowing uh, energy from either the day before or tomorrow or the future um, if you're not managing your fatigue well. Um, so that's, yeah, something that you should definitely be mm-hmm. aware of uh, when it comes to managing all that. Yeah, cool. So like I said, you just gave us a lot of good information that may feel overwhelming or may went over some of Nerd our shit. heads. But yeah. how is this relevant or like, how would we apply this information to our real lives? Yeah. Um, so when it comes to uh, how we adapt as as humans, uh, there's the SAID principle, S-A-I-D, so specific adaptations to impose demand, um, and which is also like this is the basis of why we tell people to exercise and that it will get better and that you will get stronger uh, because the more you push yourself in a certain direction whether it's like you want to get faster or stronger then you're gonna get faster or stronger especially if you're not doing anything um so you get better at the things you do and that kind of inherently means that over time you'll become less fatigued by the things that you do uh you'll become more fit all that stuff but i think that in order to fully understand or not fully understand to understand fatigue more we can dive deeper into what's called the fitness fatigue uh, model. And there's three three parts to the fitness fatigue model. So you have uh, fitness, obviously, uh, fatigue, and then uh, preparation or performance. So when you first train, right, <clears throat> like what, what happens when, when, you, when you lift? Like we'll just think about exercising or resistance training. Like what, what are you doing? when you're lifting you're breaking down your muscles to build them back up stronger yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> essentially right you're like you're yes. like 100 that, that's really all you're doing right is that in the hopes that next time you can lift the same or more right and then if you continue doing that then in in two years right you'll have a 500 pound squat or whatever like we wish it's not linear but that's like what what we think of it as so what we're doing is as as we as we lift something, my fitness goes up because I'm like, oh, I'm more prepared to handle this thing, right? I've become more fit because I have started to exercise or at least I've trained for today. Now, what that means, though, is because I have trained today, my fatigue also increases. And that should make sense because in order to do something hard, you expend energy and so you're tired now. And so what preparedness is, Uh, or performance is it's like kind of a balance between those two things. So if my fitness goes up, but my fatigue is really high because it's a new stimulus, then my preparedness is not that high, right? Like you, I can't go and try and squat as heavy as I did today, even though I squatted heavy yesterday. Like the chances of that happening are are low uh, unless I try to, you know, again, kind of redline it, muscle through it. But then the next time I go to squat, it's not going to be too great. Okay, so that's that's what happens right away when we first exercise. Fitness goes up, fatigue goes up, and because fatigue is up, our performance or preparedness is not that great. So over time, though, right, what do we want to see? We want to see an increase in fitness, 
and we want to see a decrease in fatigue so that performance can go up. And this is where if you have a shitty program or are not listening to yourself, things can go one of two ways. Uh, one, which is the way we want it to go, fitness goes uh, uh, fitness goes down. And what I mean by what we want it to go is because fitness will almost always go down uh, only because if we're looking at like uh, you trying to peak for a specific thing, right? Like there, there's only so much work that we can do to keep fitness up. So it will kind of dissipate over time. So fitness goes down. Fatigue also goes down though. And because fatigue always goes down at a rate faster than fitness, this means that performance and preparedness increases. And so if we're trying to peak over time, if I can keep my fitness up pretty high while keeping my fatigue continuously declining, then my performance is going to go up because fatigue isn't dragging it down. But does that make sense <laughs> for the listeners yeah. at home? Does that make sense? So is it kind of like this is why you need to periodize your training yes, programs? Yes, absolutely. You can't just like, oh, I'm going to 95% squat every time, right? Because you're just going to get crushed. Because even if you can hit that, fatigue is going to build up. And then you can't do it anymore because your performance or preparedness continuously decreases so that's what we want again over time is as fitness goes down fatigue also goes down performance goes up now if we don't periodize or we don't um, take into account a lot of other things that are going on within life we see that fitness will go down fatigue will go up and because fatigue's going up then performance will go down right and that's what we see a lot when it comes to people showing up to the gym every day killing themselves and then they're like it's been three weeks and I feel like dog water, but I'm going to keep hitting it because I'm supposed to be getting better. And then they just keep doing it. Things don't get better. And then eventually they might hurt themselves. They might get sick, whatever. Um, so really what we're trying to do is optimize performance because again, as fitness goes down, it never goes down as uh, fast as fatigue does. And that's when you can really truly show how fit or strong or fast or whatever it is you're trying to do um you are so yeah periodizing specifically for like a meet or uh for a season if you're like an athlete or like the really important games of a season is super important um especially within the context of the fitness fatigue model so yeah there's like when i wish we had video because i can be like see this line all right here's the southern line bah, bah, bah. but Maybe one day we'll be cool enough to show the video. Just so much work, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a lot of work and a lot of just like staring up our noses with yeah. bikes in our face. Yeah. <laughs> For this one 10 minute, if you were like, cool, I got the graph. Awesome. Cool. So if we're kind of like understanding what you're saying is we want fatigue to decrease slower than fitness, right? Uh, yeah. Well, cool. we want... Oh, yeah, right. fatigue to to fall faster than fitness does, which I think Got is it. the same thing that you just said. Yeah. Yes. So how do we do that or how can we manage that? So first things first, uh, <laughs> make sure that your training is good for you and your goals. Um, I know that we like harp on that a lot. I know it seems it's like the, the easiest thing to say, but it really is 
true. Uh, if you are not really taking into account how badly you're beating yourself up, along with the fact that you may be a construction worker who has to take care of four kids, who has a you know, graveyard shift, who can't afford all the food in order to fuel themselves, right? Like all of those things are going to affect this. So make sure that even if it's just the bare minimum that you're doing in the gym, that's better than doing too much, getting bogged down, getting hurt, and then, you know, kind of screwing yourself up, not only in the gym, but at work and with your family life and, and all the other um, arguably more important stuff. Um, but yeah, if, if you are not, you know, feeling strong, even though you've been training what you think is very hard, one of the reasons might be that you just may be training too hard. But there's a lot of ways that we can tell um, if you are about to be fatigued, if you are currently like in fatigue, or if you've pushed a little too much and you may be approaching kind of overtraining injury um, and almost like the sensation where you're like, I'm, I'm done. I don't really enjoy this anymore. So we can split things up into three categories. We have our leading, concurrent, and lagging indicators. Uh, so for our leading ones, these are like, you know, it, it's happening before we're actually fatigue. So it's like, you know, leading us into, hey, you may be getting fatigued here. But these are signs that fatigue isn't uh, too high yet, but it may be coming, right? So this helps us to kind of plan ahead and be ready for when and if it does hit. And I like to think about it as being proactive instead of being reactive, right? Because if I know that these things have happened and I'm like, okay, I didn't sleep well, I didn't eat well or whatever, then tomorrow uh, I may drop a set or I may not do the final ab circuit because I just know that I'm going to get beat up for some reason. Then we have our concurrent indicators. Um, and oh, Sorry. That's what it's like to live right next to where I live. <laughs> <laughs> where do you live? It's, it's the worst. I'm sorry. But every time like in the middle there, you're just like, no. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is really great. Uh, uh, fuck me, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, the worst is I also have the Air Force right next to me. And so you would just hear heli giant helicopters and giant planes just go, 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 go. And I'm like, this sucks. But <laughs> anyway, welcome to welcome to Albuquerque. So um, like I said, we just talked about leading indicators. Uh, now we have our concurrent indicators. And these are signs that fatigue is high right now. And it would be in your best interest to change things like ASAP. Uh, and then after that, here they come again, um, is our, our third indicator, which is lagging. And so these are like, hey, you missed the boat. You were fatigued a while ago. Um, so this occurs when fatigue has been high for a while. And, and I like to think about it as like when you're when you're living in the red or you're redlining, right? When you step on, on the gas all the time in your car, right? It's just like the RPM shoot up and it's just like in that red. Uh, there's only so you can only do that for so long. Uh in a machine and you can only do that so much as a human um and these are very very clear signs that you should have rested yesterday or even like last week this is danger zone this is not good because uh, if you don't switch something now your chances of getting sick or hurt increase exponentially and i think that makes sense because you know if you're like really tired right and you're like not enjoying it then your focus is gone you we just talked about how the neuromuscular junctions can't function as well. So there's a good chance that as you're going for, you know, that that 85% squat that's pretty standard to you, something shifts in a weird way because something kind of gave out. 
then now you have like a sore hip or something. And that sore hip can turn into like a torn labrum, can turn into a sore back, can turn into a back herniation. So it's like you definitely need to rest uh, yesterday, right? If you're going to go back in time and do that. I have um, a question. So, yeah. I was like, what's this hand? Like, teacher? <laughs> teacher, I have a question. <laughs> so when it says, like, when you said something about, like, you want to take care of this now, mm-hmm. so you don't have to, like, take multiple years or months off. Yeah. I know, like, in one of our earlier episodes, we were talking with um, Savannah, who is another personal trainer here in Nashville, and we were talking Shout about... Savannah. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. exercising through injury. Mm-hmm. And so is that different of like, you know, you have kind of like a pain or a weakness going on that you want to tend to through rest plus intentional movement or like, I guess what, and maybe I'm jumping the gun and you would get into kind of like the prescription here in a second, but um, just kind of curious of like, if you are exp- experiencing some tightness or a small injury or whatever it may be, do you still look for ways to help your clients move intentionally through the healing process? Yeah. Uh, so really great question. Um, first thing is like, what are you, um, the, the first question is like, you know, what are you training for? And is it something that you kind of need to push through? Right. Because if you are like, Hey, I'm three weeks from, um, this competition that I've been training for, for a year, Right. And then it's like, okay, we're going to change some stuff up, but you can't really slow down. Right. So we're going to like play all the do all the tips and tricks to kind of decrease volume, increase recovery, um, you know, get you to sleep a little more, get you to ice this and that. And those are, you know, questions you have to ask yourself. But if you're like someone who's like, hey, I just really like to exercise and I don't want to feel hurt, then, yeah, of course, take your time off. But uh, more specific to your question, Nicole, um, it is. My football, I had a football coach that used to say there's a difference between being hurt and injured, right? Because if you're hurt, you can still keep playing. You can still keep practicing. But if you're injured, right, then you need to take time off to, to rehab. Then you need to take time to kind of fix what's going on. And it's it's definitely like, you know, um, just hard knocks type of talk. Um, because for the most part, it's in your best interest to kind of like sit back and be like, well, you know, why does that hurt? What can I, what can I do? Um, but, but I think... I think that the difference between when when you're in the kind of the lagging indicators where you're like redlining and stuff, it it may be best to take the whole week off or do like a day or two of just like mobility things. And then if you have like injuries that have come because you were in the red for so long, then you take the time to work through those injuries. And, you know, maybe you're not squatting for two or three weeks because your lower back was just fried and like cool, well, you can still do, you know, rear foot elevated split squats. You can still go on walks. You can still, um, you know, uh, uh, honor your body by by moving it, but also being like, hey, I know I kind of put you through some shit, so I'm going to do what I need to do to take care of you so that we can continue doing what we want within the next couple of weeks. So um, I'm not yeah. sure if that answered it specifically, but. Yeah. yeah, I think like it's easy to go back to that all or nothing mindset of like, Oh shit, like Shout I've reached the episode, red zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I've reached the red zone. I am not feeling well. Like this is tight. This hurts. I may have some sort of injury going on. So if I can't do what I normally do, I'm just going to like lay in the bed and do nothing. So yeah. it's kind of like finding that happy medium of like what can support my body best and like 
it's okay if I can't do this normal lift session that I would be doing if this wasn't going on right now, but I can still, like you said, go for a walk or do some mobility or whatever it is to best support the injury or the red flag. Yeah. And I will cheers to that. (laughs) Well, I think the biggest, one of the biggest takeaways to me is this is why it's so important to have a really strong mind body connection. So you can tell the difference. Mm -hmm. Like you've really developed that. And we talk about all the time, I feel like with food, but the same thing for exercise is you need to be really in touch with how your body is feeling and what it means and don't ignore it. Like be curious yeah. and explore it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I did that in college. Uh, no. Um, yeah. Th- there's uh, there's also an important part to that. It's like you also need to not be a stubborn asshole, right? Like to yourself mm-hmm. because you can, you can be like, hey, I don't feel good. And like my mind-body connection is correct. I shouldn't be doing it. But if you're like, I hate myself, so I'm just going to keep doing this anyway. Then, then you're, you know, that's like, I think it needs to be like explicitly stated. That's the other side of the the equation there. Like, yes, you also have to kind of give yourself the talk and be like, stop, you know, like you wouldn't let one of your best friends just keep hurting themselves. Like, why would you continuously do that? Actively do that to yourself. So Ro, yeah. are you going to be like, your younger yeah, self? Th- that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, are you going to take this yeah. clip and is Jeez. it going to be like your alarm clock in the morning? Young, <laughs> younger and current self. Cause I'm like, man, my back has been so tight, but I'm you like, YOLO, we got speaking to yourself. <laughs> like you hate yourself. Yeah. Like, no, just this well, inspirational, like everything I've done is quote going spite, on in the back. So. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, yeah, no, definitely. Thanks for clearing that up. I think, like I said, it's just easy to think, shit, well, I just got to take off and not do anything. And this sucks yeah. and everything sucks and just get in this like negative headspace. So um, kind of picking back off of that, are there any specific signs within those categories that you could look into to maybe gauge that fatigue or like what's going on? Yeah, so um so we have our leading, kind of current, and then our lagging. So we'll start with the leading. Um, for leading, I think you can look at things like nutrition, recovery, uh, and then training volume and intensity for the maybe the the workout you had yesterday or the workouts for the past like week. Um, so for nutrition, if your previous day of food was um, less or way less than you're used to, right? Or you know normally you're on. Uh, a fuel plan or eating plan or whatever. I don't want to say diet because I know I hate that word, but on a diet that allows you to kind of do all the things you need to do, uh, but you don't stick to that and you kind of like have lesser quality food. Um, all of that is going to play into how you can perform the next day, right? Because it's also affecting how you're recovering for that day. So if we have any kind of weird days where we don't eat as much or not as Uh, well as we normally do, then that's going to affect kind of our, or not kind of, it's going to affect our fatigue uh, for the next day. For recovery, I don't, I don't know why I don't do it as much. We all know, but like sleeping is like the easily the best thing you can do for recovery. So anytime people are like, oh, like what's the best mobility? What's about blah, blah, blah. Like I'm always sore. Like, are you sleeping? Because if not, shut up you know like it's also what we tell people to do like breathing stuff at the end because it's like hey this you know setting yourself to to relax and kind of take a mental note is probably better for you than just also foam rolling and just trying to like you know be like oh this hurts so good blah 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 but you're still kind of wired so if you don't sleep 
or your sleep quality is poor, then training is almost always going to be effective. Now you can get over that by bombing a shit ton of caffeine, right? And then just taking like a ton of pre-workout and being like, fuck it, future me will will pay for this. Uh, and then future you does pay for it. And then you're like, I hate past me. So it's like this, this you know, delicate balance where really you should just be sleeping. Uh, but now add on to that you may be stressed because your sleep didn't go too well, right? Then that's going to also affect uh, your fatigue. And then training volume and intensity is something that is is um, getting looked at more now. But I, I think uh, anyone worth their salt is able to look at and be like, that was too much for you based off of, you know, the RPE of the session, how you said things felt. Um, and because if normally your training volume is like, you know, 8,000, 12,000, 9,000, and then one day you decide to go ham for some reason. It's like, anyway, I lifted 20,000 pounds of weights this training session. It's like, oh man, you're going to be beat tomorrow, the next day, maybe the whole week. Um, and in times where this happens is like, maybe you wake up and you feel fucking awesome, right? We've all had the days where you're like, this is it. This is my day in the gym. I'm going to PR everything, blah, blah, And you do, and you have this unstructured PR and then you like are so hyped because of that. And so you just keep doing a bunch of volume work and you're like, yes, I'm the freaking man. So I'm going to do 80 curls just because, uh, I, you know, I had a full pizza yesterday, so I'm carved up to the max. Everything's popping. I'm just going to keep going. Like that will also affect you because you'll have really, really high levels of volume compared to what you're used to. And that is going to also take away from the future sessions. So when it comes to leading fatigue indicators, nutrition, recovery, and the training volume or intensity of the past training session or past couple of training sessions. Um, oh yeah, shout out to Nolan. This is also why I tell a lot of my clients not to just like when their friends are in town, have like a deadlift party or something. It's like, you're going to fuck up all the stuff for the past week. Just leave it alone. For concurrent fatigue uh, indicators, we have things like uh, velocity, so slow movement, um, RPE, ratings of perceived exertion, and capability. And really what this means is like, how does that training session feel right now in this moment, right? I've had plenty of times, and I'm sure we all have, where you start to warm up, pre-workout's hitting, your Rice Krispies are hitting, you double-fisted it, it's good, and you get under the bar and it just like, crushes you right and you're like no fuck that's a warm-up set it should not be moving that slow what happened right if the bar moves really slow or you go in to do jumps or your know, warm-ups or whatever and you find that you are moving very slow then it's time to adjust then right that doesn't mean take off right you're not just going to be like well it's training sessions done for like whatever especially if it's just like you know things have been cruising and then you have one day but you might drop volume a bit or you might be like, hey, I'm going to give myself some grace and, you know, just kind of hit the things I need to hit. And then the additional work, I won't get it. That's a smart move. Um, RPE is uh, is rating, rating of perceived exertion, right? So if everything feels like it's unusually heavy or like you feel things are just harder, um, especially when you get to the end, right? Because when you get to an end, you you have a general sense of how you should feel. But if you're like, uh, that was like a nine out of 10, man. Like, I don't know why. And everything else has been like a four this week. Um, then at least, you know, tomorrow, right? There's a good chance that you may have to take a step back by dropping volume, whatever. Cool. Uh, and then capability is if even things are 
things are moving well, right? They don't feel too bad, but you're supposed to hit 12. You know, you can always hit 12 and you can only get to eight for some reason, even though those eight felt really good, that's a capability issue, right? So it's probably time to, you know, if you're focused on speed that day or something, then drop the drop the weight so you continue to move faster. Um, or if you're like, hey, I have to hit my volume, well, then you can drop the intensity and then just kind of add maybe a set or more. Uh, and so again, for kind of current fatigue indicators, we have uh, velocity or how slow you're moving, uh, ratings of perceived exertion, and then uh, capability. Now for the lagging indicators, it's kind of like a longer list because like I said, fatigue is very complex to to understand and to, to see if like you are actually in fatigue, like um, I'm really beat up now. So um, have you two heard of whoop bands? I assume, yeah. Uh, I have, but I don't know so much on the accuracy. I don't like, is understand that a helpful it. thing? <laughs> yeah, so uh, whoop bands really just work on its uh, heart rate variability. Um, so the it's uh well anyone who knows me knows I hate the heart and I hate cardio, so I'm doing my best to like open oh up. I'm opening up like uh, the past couple years of studying this stuff, but HRV really Roe is um, trying to heal. No, no, I just have never like I've never cared about the like the heart even as a muscle. It's like whatever. Um, <laughs> I get it, I get it's important. This okay, extends but farther I just... than you think, <laughs> <Yeah>. bro. <laughs> Sounds like your heart chakra needs healing. All right, yeah, yeah. My my second gate or whatever. Can we please open do up? that? We all need to just go to Arizona and we oh need to God. like hire someone to help us all with our alignment. No, they're going to make me take it. ayahuasca and then my ego's going to die. And then I'll just be a totally different person. And I want to quit everything I've ever done. So it's content, bro. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, for the people. for the content. Except that I'm like, this podcast serves, serves no purpose and I don't want to do it anymore. And it's like, fuck, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have made him do the ayahuasca. Anyway, um, for the uh, for the HRV. So your your heart rate isn't um, isn't stable. And what I mean by that is. Um, and again, I, I'm, I may be kind of fudging it, but uh, the way that the signals are sent from like the, uh, the SV node to the AV node to the Purkinje fibers and everything, it's not like a, like a, a set thing. There's, there's variability that you want throughout those when those signals are sent. Um, so when it becomes more stable, though, that means that you are more tired when you are more fatigued and so what a whoop band will do or, or different things that look at hrv is that they're able to track those trends in the heart um in the heart so that if they they see that it's if it's a steady kind of pulse going through then you need to relax you need to rest but if it's like yeah it's kind of shooting not all over the place calculated all over the place then then you're fine um but anyway, so if your HRV becomes more stable, that's a that's a good indicator or one of the indicators you can use to be like, hey, uh, I probably need to rest today. Uh, and then your resting heart rate. So I don't know if when you when you all ever feel like I think I'm getting sick, like I always kind of check my heart rate when I wake up because it's around that like, you know, 40 to 50 mark. Cool. That's where it should be. But if I wake up and it's at like 90 then I'm like, oh, something is wrong. Something was wrong in my sleep or I may be 40? getting sick. 
Well, when you're like asleep, yeah, it's at like forty five or something. <laughs> I yeah. thought like fifty ish was normal. <laughs> no, I mean it's normal, yeah, but like my my resting heart rate right sits between like fifty eight and like sixty four mm-hmm. or something. Cool. Um, well, now I'm gonna have to check it when I wake up because that's very interesting. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, so it's it's a good idea because then you can be like, wow, I am not. If I'm already starting at like a at a high stress state, right? First thing I wake up, it's at like eighty or ninety then we can only assume things are going to get worse, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And if you can see that day after day after day after day, right, then there's probably an issue. Whether you're becoming sick or whether it's because you are fatigued because of your training, whatever, um, you know, the, these things do give us ideas. Uh, and then another thing with the heart rate variable specifically is if it takes you longer to, to um, rest during sets, pretty good idea that, it's beating the shit out of you and you're needing extra time. You're already kind of beat up. Now you're going to need more time. Um, so those are kind of like the, the three heart rate things that I like to look at. HRV, resting heart rate, and then uh, time between sets. Your desire to train is a really good one, right? Because if you are like, I feel horrible. I don't want to do this, right? There's only so many times where you can like kind of give yourself a pep talk, throw on your favorite motivational speaker and just be like, Fuck it. You know who you are. You're a dog. You got it. Blah, blah, blah. Like sometimes no amount of Rice Krispies are going to get you to actually do work and perform. And you're like, I need my time. That is something you should probably listen to. Right. And there's there's the difference between like I had a really long week, blah, blah, blah. And I just need this day. Cool. Next day I'll hit it and it's fine. But when you are like, I have zero desire. It's been a week. It's been, you know, two weeks since I've even wanted to train. Uh, then then you should probably just honor that. Take that time off. Again, unless you are trying to compete for something and it's close, right? That At that point, you have a job to do, um, a job or like a task that you kind of put on yourself. But for the most part, just take that time off. Uh, mood. So if you're like restless, uh, you're really irritable. You're not enjoying uh, life in general, uh, so maybe I'm just <laughs> maybe I'm just consistently fatigued. Uh, like th- those are good it's signs. Possible. Possible. <laughs> those, it's are, those are strong signs that that you should have. Uh, you're deep in fatigue, right? Because you're not even enjoying anything else. Uh, one that I think may be more relevant to to you too is appetite suppression, right? So sometimes you're so tired and so beat up that you're like, I'm not even hungry. I don't want to eat. Uh, even if it's like your most, your favorite meal, right? And you're just like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I don't have any desire to, to fuel myself because I don't have any desire to do anything. So I'm just going to lay in bed and kind of die. Um, that is a good indicator that you should have rested a while ago. Um, sleep. If you have high fatigue, it can make it more difficult for you to sleep, it can make it easier for you to wake up. And I think that that one's also very important because even if you're like, yeah, I get eight hours of sleep a day, but you're waking up every other hour. Uh, you know, maybe something is wrong there. Um, and so a decrease in in sleep and sleep quality is just like kind of a negative cycle because then you recover less and then you fatigue more and you recover less. And so after a week or two or three, you're like, I I feel like I'm dying. And it's like, well, because you actually might be dying. So let's fix your sleep take some time to rest, things like that. Uh, And then another one is uh, illness. So we know that as you exercise, 
you are creating micro tears. Our, uh, our immune system is elevated as we exercise, right? Because we are essentially attacking ourselves. And in order to recover, we have to get those T cells, those B cells that come in and, and kind of heal us up right? or uh, aid in the process of healing things up. But if you do it enough, right, your, your recovery system takes a toll. And this opens you up to getting sick from things that your body can kind of handle on the regular. Um, so you have a higher chance of you becoming compromised and then you actually getting sick. Um, and if it gets really bad, right, then you can do things like kind of give yourself rhabdomyolysis, which is when your muscles just break down and they continue to break down. So you have really high, uh, essentially protein levels in your, in your blood and in your pee and that can kill you. Right? So, uh, that is when I think we talked about it. Coca-Cola pee, right? It's like, that's when, you know, like something is wrong. You need to rest. You need to have a shit ton of water. Um, and hopefully you don't have to go to the hospital. Um, but it's probably best to, you know, uh, go see a doctor, uh, if that's happening to you anyway. Uh, and Please all that, do. yeah. And all that kind of leads to injuries. So, like I said, if you go from like having like a nagging shoulder injury to like I blew it out or my lower back was tight and now I can't bend over at all, right? Being tired, forcing yourself to work means that you become less efficient, which means you increase your chances of getting hurt. Um, and if you do it enough over time and not give yourself rest, then you're more often than not going to get hurt. So um, those were the indicators for lagging indicators. So heart rate, variables, different ones, your desire to train, uh, mood, appetite suppression, sleep, illness, and then uh, injuries. So a lot of different things you can look at to be like, am I fatigued? Is it, is it like a day-to-day -day thing? Is it, you know, has it been a couple weeks? Um, but yeah, one of those all-encompassing listen-to-yourselves type things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely love this conversation because it just goes to show how how our body continues to communicate with us in so many different yeah. ways. And it really can like tell us what we need. If like rest or, you know, stress management or taking time off or even just like working with our trainer or our coach or whoever it is to kind of adjust to better support mm -hmm. us in our training. Um, your body is constantly communicating with you. So I think these are definitely great. Um, this is like great information to really be able to like tune in and be like, okay, like this actually has been bothering me for quite a bit. Like maybe I should listen to it. So <laughs> yeah, just, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in your experience, Ro, how can we check in and make sure that we're not fatigued or how can we check in with our clients as well? Yeah. So if you're a practitioner, it means like you said, like actually talking to your client, you know, how are you feeling? Not just like, are you sore? No, I'm not sore. Cool. Let's get after it. Like, whatever. Soreness is such a bullshit metric to assess how you're doing and assess how your training is going. And that's like ultra, ultra bare minimum. So if you're like working with someone and you're like, that's all I ever get asked, <laughs> maybe time to get a new coach, right? Um, but talk to them about how their sleep has been. You know, good and bad things that have been going on throughout the day, how work is, right? Because all that stuff is going to give you insight to how they're feeling. And then so you can kind of plug it into those indicators and be like, all right, you're sleeping well, cool, you're good, blah, blah, blah. We should be able to kind of hit it normally how how we do. Uh, and if they've structured it right and you're like, oh, we're only three weeks in, so you shouldn't really have any sort of high fatigue, fine. 
Uh, but if it's, you know, six to 10 weeks of training, and you're like, oh, well, I don't really believe you. And, you know, we should be having a deload at some point this week anyway. Then, you know, a conversation you should have with your with your client. Uh, but the same goes for you, right? Like you just said, Nicole, body gives us a lot, a lot of great ways to to tell whether we're fatigued or not. And if you listen to it, if you listen to yourself, uh, and if you are honest with yourself, then you know that that's that's going to save you ninety nine percent of the time, right? There's always a chance for injuries to happen or some kind of freak accident, whatever. Um, but if you're like, hey, I'm not feeling it today. I haven't really felt the past week. Like, oh, maybe I should just take some time off. Because then you look back and you're like, yeah, I've been training for three months straight. Definitely time. Um, or, you know, you're like, like you all uh, probably deal with like, I, I just feel like I'm eating so much. I'm not seeing a lot of results, blah, blah. And I actually am doing a lot. And it's like, well, you may be doing too much. Time to back off. Um, one of the things that... Um, I do specific for fighters and for any, uh, anybody competing really is uh, a daily readiness score. So, um, it's this thing that I hope to turn into an app one day. Um, but it's, yeah, we're, we're looking at different markers throughout your, your day, uh, on a point scale, right? So that way it's like, Hey, if you scored 50 points today, then you are a hundred percent ready to go. You crushed everything. That's great. Uh, if you got a 10, bro, go home. Like you, you need to sleep or we're just doing recovery stuff, right? Because a lot of those conversations and specifically uh, for the daily readiness score is going to give us insight to how that person was last or yesterday, right? And I didn't see them yesterday. I saw them two days ago. So it, it helps me to kind of see where we can fill in the cracks and uh, if I need to tell uh, you know, John to to sleep more or like, hey, I know you love to play video games, but you can't keep playing video games until 2 a.m. if you got to wake up at 6 a.m. So um, but that that's just like the conversations that that we we've had uh, just in like a point scale, uh, a little bit more specific uh, thing that I do with my fighters and you can do with really any athlete if you have a, a jump mat is to test their vertical jump every day. Uh, so we get a baseline uh, for our fighters. All right, let's say they have a, a vertical jump of like a max vertical jump of like 25, right? Cool, pretty decent, fine. What we should see as camp progresses is that either stays the same or it goes up depending on different phases and whatnot. Uh, we shouldn't really see drops in vertical jump because if we do, then it's a pretty good indication that your training is going in a way you do not want it to go. So you should probably switch some things up. But also in the context of uh, looking at fatigue, it can tell us how ready that person is that day. So if uh, if he comes in, John comes in, he, he jumps 25 uh, inches. Uh, he jumps, because I always test it in three just to get an average. So he jumps 25, 26.2, 25.8. Cool, that's above your normal base 25 you should be good to go and your readiness score says you're at a high readiness, fine. Now let's say his readiness says he's cool. Like, yeah, I'm at a 48 out of 50, awesome. But we test his vertical jump and he's trying his damnedest and he hits 22, 23, 22. That's a 
that's a pretty good indicator that we're going to have to back off in some sort of way uh, for that training session. So generally what I like to do is if there's a 5% decrease in the vertical jump uh, max for that day, um, I'm dropping the weight a little bit and making sure that the speed and power throughout our training session stays high, right? Because if I have, if they have less weight to move, then they can move it faster. So that's an easy way. If our focus is speed and power, I'm going to drop the weight a bit. We just focus on being fast. If it's between like that five to 10%, right? So we see that 22 or that 23, uh, really 23 and uh, yeah, th those numbers work, 22 and 23. Then I'm, I'm also dropping weight and I'm cutting volume. So that extra tricep that we're doing, I'm probably not going to make you do it because, you know, I know you have to go and train two more times after this. So why would I try to beat you up at 10 a.m. when you have a whole day of training to go? Uh, if it's more than that, right, he's at that 22 or below, we're having a recovery day. Like, hey, man, let's let's heal. Uh, we might do some some banded pull downs or something just to kind of make sure that the joints are working and kind of check in there. But I'm talking just like flow state type of stuff. We're not we're not even going to do conditioning today because clearly something is wrong. Um, and then also based on your scores, if those are low too, yeah. Um, so there, there's uh, those are like specific ways that you can like look at metrics where it's like, oh, you are not where you're supposed to be now. Um, and so if you have the ability to uh, buy a jump mat, it doesn't have to be like a force plate, right? But just like a, uh, I forget what they're called. You can just type in jump mat. They're like five, 600 bucks for you and or your clients, like, Great, great way to make sure that they're fine for that day. Cool. This has been super informative and always appreciate all the information that you provide to us, Ro, because it's just, I feel like sometimes it can feel super complicated, but then when you break it down and like give us this real world application, this is like, okay, yeah, this makes sense of like how our bodies can really communicate all these things and then how we really can dive a little bit deeper to really know what we may need in our training for that day. Because mm -hmm. like I said, it's so easy to just get caught up in like, no, this is the plan. This is what I'm supposed right. to do. And this just goes to show that it's okay that that changes because you want to be able to pivot and change if you want to continue to get stronger and stay healthy and not get injured yeah. and not experience fatigue. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the game. You, you just have mm -hmm. to control it, right? So Yeah, for sure. So if you are resonating with this at all, if you have more questions, of course, feel free to reach out to Ro. He's super knowledgeable in this and can answer any further questions that you may have, but I know this was super helpful for Try. me to hear. So I hope it was helpful for everyone else as well. Um, Ro and myself are currently accepting new clients. Ro obviously is the master of all things exercise and performance. And mm. I do all things. Obviously. <laughs> yes. Hate it. <laughs> the pro. <laughs> And I do all things intuitive eating, health at every size, um, dietitian, 
And Brooke is our dietitian that specializes in functional nutrition and athletic performance. And you can join her waitlist to work with her for one-on-one nutrition coaching. We're all here to answer any questions that you may have. If you're thinking about hiring a coach, if you're wanting to dive into more nutritional things or exercise things, this is your group of people. But follow us at Health Unfiltered Pod on Instagram and keep all the awesome questions coming so we can answer them at the beginning of these podcasts. And of course, rate us, share us and leave us a review wherever you can get your podcast. We love the nice reviews. We'll take some constructive, constructive criticism, but <laughs> if it's flat out rude, it's just going to get deleted. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's about all I got y'all. Brooke, you want to, you want to cue us out? Cue that music. <laughs> See you later y'all. y'all.